Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast, and I did it again. Uh, it's Neil and Paddy, and we're very giddy. Well, I'm giddy anyway. I don't want to speak for Paddy. I'm very giddy after that game. Uh, we're here to talk to you about Villa versus Spurs, the aftermath of a game, to be honest with you, we thought we were going into more hopeful than expectant. And as yeah. the game wore on, I think we were kind of, like, there's there was grounds for us to come away saying, God, we could have scored four or five. But Paddy's here tonight, here today. This is our second last penultimate game of the season. Um, see, brought, broke out the Soros before the podcast as well. Our penultimate <laughs> game of the season. And uh, look, we're sitting here with a win in a game that we probably didn't think we were going to have an awful lot, uh, an awful lot to play for. What you make of it, Paddy? Well, I must admit that I'm a bit giddy too. Because I'm very, very happy. But you know what else I am, Neil? Yes. Uh, excellent. I'm I'd thirsty. say it could... Thirsty? I, <laughs> Paddy, I'd say it could be 10 games since we've had a can open on the I podcast. Think so. <clears throat> I think, it, yeah, it could be. I think it could be 10 games. Mm. I, cheers. I open mine cheers. beforehand. <laughs> I open mine beforehand. God, Jesus, they're completely different colours, the two of them. Just goes to show. Paddy, you drinking bud, is it? Bud, yeah. Other beers are available. I have a couple of uh, cans of purity left, but I decided to leave them for Sunday. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I must, try and find a way, season. I must try and find a way to smuggle a couple of those in over the next few weeks uh, into the country. Um, but not, an actually, easy, not an easy thing to do. <laughs> no, not since Nightline stopped delivering. Other courier mm. companies are available, but not since a courier company starts yeah. with night and ends in line, stop delivering into <laughs> into Antrim and 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 uh, redirecting down to down to yeah. the south of Ireland. I'm actually drinking a lovely beer today. It's called uh, Yellow Belly. It's a Citra a Citra um, IPA. It's absolutely unbelievable. Made in 
Waterford or Wexford? Wexford. Jesus, they'd kill me. Wexford. And it's unbelievable. It's really, name like Yellow Belly. It had to be, really, didn't it? Had to be. It's 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 probably my favorite beer. It's just it's just savage stuff. Anyway, can, I, um, can I start by apologizing to the guys who were on the uh team sheet tantrum that were calling me Lego Paddy? I was having a bit of an issue with my uh connection and i look like a lego man apparently <laughs> yeah and i went to apologize for everyone on the team sheet tantrum that was literally slapdash stuff today um uh there was yeah as i said there was nothing we could do we, we i i had uh somewhere to be very very quickly but i was 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 touch and go whether i was going to see the game but thankfully i did and i was able to sit down mm. for six o'clock and get to see the game and well, it just, what it just shows what the premier league think of us they put us on at six o'clock twice yeah, in a week Liverpool and Burnley, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Liverpool and Burnley. Then was on the late game, um, yeah. a, a, a relative procession, you know, uh, of of a game. But uh, look, as I say, it's look at it this. What it is, we got the win. I couldn't care less if we played at three o'clock in the day on a Tuesday. You know, Absolutely it, it wouldn't not. bother me. Uh, We're a long time waiting long. on this one. Exactly, exactly. So I suppose let like, talking about the team sheet tantrum, we didn't go into it in massive depth. Yes, there was some changes on the team, some eye-opening bits and pieces there, but yeah. let's kind of break it down a small bit more because as I say, it was a bit of a bit of a rushed effort, and um we do apologize mm. for that. But um as I say, the, the team the team sheet came out and mm. talk to me about it, Paddy. There was a there was one or two changes that we didn't foresee, I think, on the team. Yeah, well, First and foremost, Jack is back. Um, Esri Konza played it right back. Yeah. And the biggest one that we glossed over, a man who we shouldn't gloss over, who was absolutely immense again, was the return of Tyrone Mings. He was fantastic today. And we didn't we didn't give him enough credit to mention it as much in the team sheet tantrum as we should have because yeah. we were sidetracked by what was going on with Jack. And don't get me wrong, it was absolutely fantastic to have Jack back. I'm over the moon that he got to start the game. Um, and boy, God, did he make a difference to the team today? We were absolutely immense with him in there. I think so too. I think he was brilliant. Um, I also think that uh, I I think that the that it was a kind of an inspired decision to put Kanze in there because what it did is it forced him to play Son, move him around, and he was uncomfortable mm-hmm. moving around, and and he was very ineffectual in this game. I thought. Don't think he got in the ball an awful lot. It was maybe about nope. 25, 30 minutes before we heard Deli Ali's name in the game did come into it though it did play okay um steve steven yes. got an absolute I have, stop, I have to stop you there i thought he was absolutely woeful i thought he got on the ball a small little bit maybe oh, i was just uh delighted that he didn't do much but uh, I, think, I think i think that must be uh the opposite of sansom there and he needs to go and cut his hair just to see so. if we can find the old deli ali back because he was a shadow of his former self every yeah. time i looked every time i looked at him i just laughed he did he did Awful stuff throughout the game, that and and it took so long to realize he was on the pitch as well, which is never yeah. a good sign. Never a good yeah. sign. Absolutely not. But we kept an awful lot of them quiet. You know, Harry Kane had to move around. You saw there was a there was there was one statistic they sh- they flashed up at one stage. He's touches map. He had very few touches. I think you know he's nineteen mm. touches at a ball at that stage. And they said only oh, the two goalkeepers have fewer touches than Harry Kane. Like that's Harry Kane. That's the guy who's gonna propel England, and I'm not saying this sarcastically, but he could very well propel England to the European Championships this and look, year. And, and he, has, he has injuries as well that he's yeah. come back from. But I think the most overriding thing is, I'd say if you look at the heat map, he spent most of his time in, in that old inside left position. That's, that's how deep he had to come to. Yeah. And he couldn't, he couldn't, just couldn't get the ball. I thought our back, I thought our back 
well, specifically the three of Konza, um, Courtney House, and Tyrone Mings, because Target did all the donkey work going forward, which yeah. was fantastic. But uh, I thought they didn't give him a sniff, and he and in uh, very early in the game, he decided to drop drop back and try and pick up the ball. That's how mm. frustrated he was. And I, I I thought at that stage that if we could keep him quiet and keep him out there, he's not going to do any damage. I think uh, I'm going to go into breaking down that back three or that back four on an early, um, I suppose, just just my early thoughts on it so far. Um, there was a bit of a faux pas in our house. I asked somebody to record the football, and uh, there happened to be two games on at the same time, and the wrong match got recorded. Put it this way. I don't know, but Everton or Wolves don't wear claret and blue. I'm just, I, like, I could maybe, I could maybe have stomached it if it was Burnley in, in Liverpool. But, um I don't know. Like, am I? I must be completely vis- invisible walking around the house sometimes. But uh, uh, anyway, yeah. Look, long story short, uh, I didn't get it recorded, but I'll be able to watch it back again. You know, I'll be able to get get a lot of it back again. Um, but uh, the, the the game itself, the way the game kind of transpired, and uh, we'll go into kind of individual performances and performance mm-hmm. units afterwards because there is there's two units I really want to talk about. Um, Get where the game transpired. We didn't get a sniff of the ball in the first four or five minutes. Uh, they came out. They were they were dogged with possession. Um, they they you know they they completely pressed us back. They pushed us back, and we were resorted to long balls up up front. And their goal came from that. And I don't really blame. I know Chris Coleman was very. Chris Coleman was was overly. I think overly kind of critical of Courtney House. He, yes, he played a ball up, but that's the ball that Aston Villa play. You uh, you play that ball up to the winger and you hope that the winger wins the, wins the, the header. Now, it wasn't the best ball in the world, but there was yeah. so much that happened after that that contributed to the goal, you know, between Minicamba, Dalian on the ball. Uh, there was lots that happened uh, happened after that. And that's essentially what gave Bergwijn the step on everybody to go in and he just mashes that ball into the back of the net and does nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing else for the rest of the game. I'm, gig- I'm giggling here that you said it was Chris Coleman because uh, I deliberately decided to avoid Sky Sports tonight because I really couldn't listen to Andy Hinchcliffe again. <laughs> that was well, Chris uh, Coleman was uh, Chris. Chris Coleman, Chris Coleman was, wouldn't be much better in my opinion. He was a bit but, wild uh, when it, he, he tried to sell Andy Watkins at one stage to Spurs. Oh, um, and funnily enough, I had Andy Townsend who tried to do exactly the same thing. So. Um, and and said another number of things about Jack Grealish. So Andy Townsend, you're done with me. Absolutely <laughs> done with me. You're you're not a villa man at all. Um I, he's look, he said that he's a Chelsea. He's he, that's who he he says he plays for played for oh, Chelsea. Yeah. Well, what, no what, allegiance, that, what allegiance has he got to Spurs to try and sell the Molly Watkins? I don't get it. Anyway. Uh, he's a villa man, he's he's lifted a cup for us. We're just being yeah. spiteful at the moment. But uh yeah, the the goal um Apparently, Dean Smith said after the game that somebody told him he had time. There was a, yeah. a shout to say he had time. He yeah. was caught off the ball. So, having heard that, I'm completely... Uh, uh, it would have been the one pitfall in, in what was otherwise a reasonably good game for Marvellous Nakamba. Um, I really worried after it that it would knock him back into a shell, but I don't think he's that kind of player. And I thought he, he recovered very well from it. Um, look... It was one of those things that it just was like the partner of the seas. Once once he got on the ball, he just we couldn't get in there in time to to close him down, and it was a great finish. Super finish, absolutely super finish. Like mm. You're not getting your hand touched. Uh, Emmy Martinez was absolutely superb throughout this game. He made some 
brilliant saves. Like, like he, he's some sort of X-Men, you know. He should be in the X-Men or something like that. He's got some sort of superpower where he's Velcro Man or something along those lines. I don't know what it is. He's just fucking outstanding is what he is. But there was no way he was getting his hand to that. Like, yeah, absolutely no way. There is there is no better goalkeeper in the Premier League than Emmy Martinez. And I will debate anybody. I will show you his top 10 saves. And no one comes with an ass's roar of him. You're... No. It doesn't matter about your Nick Popes. It doesn't matter about uh, about your um, your your watch columns. The the guy Mendy for um, for Chelsea. The people are saying is is up there. You know, not a hope. Emmy Martinez is head and shoulders best best shot stopping goalkeeper in the Premier League without a shadow of a doubt. It's it's irrefutable. I think at this stage, um, based on this year's performance, who's just been absolutely fantastic. Um, mm. But we we <laughs> we rallied after the goal, Paddy, which is something we haven't rallied, done. Yeah. Which is something um, we really haven't done. And uh, I thought that the, the we're going to talk about the contentious decision. And I'm literally just going to mention, I'm going to give a play-by-play of what happened. And then the floor is all yours, Paddy. Because I got all my angst and anger out on uh, Twitter. And I feel much the better for it. All my misspellings and everything are there for everybody to see. With my, my angry misspellings. But I was... Um, the the. We rallied afterwards, and 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 after a foul on Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish put the ball down and just basically played a lumped forward ball, which is not very Jack Grealish esque. But my God, did he know what he was doing? And as he lumped the ball forward, Ollie Watkins was on a charge, and he gotten in behind the back four. And I initially thought he was offside, but the ball was running out of play. But as it was running out of play, Ollie Watkins makes a go to get to the ball to stop it from going out of play, and there's no other word to say. Hugo Lloris just just slides into him and takes him out of it, and. Like how much more do you like? How much more contact do you need to? Um, I th- I think maybe you need to instigate the contact yourself, or you don't get the penalty. I think that has to be the new rule, because one fucking idiot watching the match in Stockley Park, and I've no other words from. I'm not mentioning his name anymore. I hope I never see him in the middle of a park again, because that man is nothing other than a clown, absolute clown. And you've goaded me into this now. And I'm not even going to mention his name. Everybody knows who he is. The man is a fucking idiot and he has something against Villa and we should never see him anything near a Villa match again. If Harry Kane's penalty at Villa Park is a penalty, this is two penalties. It's it's so outrageous that this wasn't given. I wasn't one bit surprised. Not one bit surprised because it's a two-tier system in this league. Spurs get them, we don't. Man United get them, we don't. Liverpool get them, we don't. And until that stops, I've no other opinion of it. They're playing to the masses. They're they're playing to the the the, the big clubs. They're they're bowing down to them. They're giving them everything. I don't know if Sky Sports is at play here. Wants them up the top of the league, or, or needs them up the top of the league to, to improve their uh, uh, their offering. Well, I've news for you, Sky Sports. Until this changes, I'll never pay for it. Never, never, never pay for it. It's an absolute disgrace. Your coverage is a disgrace. I could go on and on and on, but I'm not. I'm going to leave it at that. Two terrible referees, one in Stockley Park, one on the pitch, who was absolutely shitting himself throughout the game. He was absolutely useless. The funniest part of the game was Spurs, or one of our players got a yellow card, forget who it was, and there was an ironic cheer from the Spurs fans who also are fucking clueless, along with the referee, because he gave them fucking everything throughout the game. Absolutely every 50-50. He didn't give some of the fouls against Jack Grealish. He he gave an awful decision against John McGinn. And they're (laughs) giving an ironic cheer when they get a decision. I was just laughing my head off. It was the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. 
I I I have to agree with you, Craig Parson, because like never before, like I expected referees to have to acclimatize seven just home fans in the stadium. My God, from like like. Okay, look, it wasn't as apparent the more more of a foothold we got in the game, but definitely for the first twenty minutes, man, he gave he gave Spurs literally like it was. I've never seen somebody like it was like he was afraid. And do you know what? Actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off on completely on a different tangent here as well. Like, I wonder when fans are all back into into Villa Park. Like, did you? I found it really strange today. This Spurs fans were allowed in there, but they still chose mm. to keep. Uh, advertising um, tarps on the lower lower levels, yet they charge the Spurs fans 60 quid to get into the higher levels. Now, look, 60 quid is anecdotal evidence. That's only what I saw on Twitter. I don't know whether, what's, whether that's what the ticket costs or not. But, you know, you think football fans haven't been in the stadiums, the stadium in, in what, in over a year. And to put them up into the into the nosebleeds for the yeah. sake of some of, of, of some um of some tarps with with uh, advertising on this isn't something I thought of, and I'm not having a crack at Spurs for this. Just be interesting to see. I haven't looked at it many other games. Just be interesting to see it, and I don't think I remember seeing it against uh, against Crystal Palace. I could be wrong. The, the Palace game. Did they have? Did they have fans in at the Palace game? No, they didn't. They didn't have fans mm, in. They did tonight. Yeah, but but not not yeah. against not, not for not against I, I I don't don't I haven't seen any rest of the games. I'll just be interested to see if I see it. I'm not having a go at Spurs, but that for me is look. I, I I'm, yeah. I'm smiling here because I'm going like, does that really let you know whether they need the fans in the stadiums or not? Like, does it? Does well, look, it really? You know, I I I, I, uh, I shared on Twitter six. earlier. Del boy who listens to the the podcast and contributes on the team, she yeah. tends was working in in. Uh, I was going to say White Hart Lane. We call it White Hart Lane. He's yeah. working at White Hart Lane today and sent me a photo. And I'm looking at all these uh, covers on the seats around the edge. And I was going, oh, he's missing. This is from a few weeks ago. And I, I was reluctant. He says you can stick them on Twitter if you like. I was reluctant to put them up there. And he assured, me, he assured me he was actually there. And mm. then when obviously when I saw the, 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 the fans up high, I thought, this, this. No. Now, I, I honestly didn't have a good look. Was there advertisements on the tarpaulin? Oh, there was, yeah. Since well, um, that just shows you how much, how much financial ruin that club is in, and how much they needed. Uh, well, well, yeah. that money. So there's yes. obviously a deal in place that that needs to be there for the rest of the season. Yeah, but I'll tell you one thing: if they're in that much shit, Harry Kane's on his way out. Let's. Let, like, we we could see exactly the same. Like I don't know if there's advertising on the Villa ones that are there. I can't remember. I didn't. I don't know what they paid. I don't know what made me pay attention to the tarpaulin that was there. And tarpaulin is such a fantastic word, word by the way. Very underutilized <laughs> word as well. But tarpaulin, there is, there, I, I, I don't know what made me pay attention to it. But look, I'm I'm just saying, I'm pointing it out. And I'd like to see what happens in Villa Park on Sunday as well. Because look, as I say, you know, they were one of the seditious six that wanted to leave the Premier League. And then they put their fans up there again. The fans are delighted about getting into the stadium and they're right up in the nosebleeds. Look, I, I'm making something out of nothing. I know there's commercial deals in place. They didn't expect fans to be back in the stadium this year. I'm I'm probably making something out of nothing, as I say. But it's just going to be interesting. I'd like to see what, what see some of the rest no, this, of the games. But uh, and and look, you know, you can't just rip up a contract in the middle of the season. I completely understand that. I'm 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 just I, it's just a thought that crossed my mind when I was watching the game, yeah. especially for the amount of money and Burnley letting fans in for free. You know, 
Villa aren't exactly under undercharging fans either. It's anywhere but between I think twenty seven quid and fifty quid to get into the game, which isn't isn't which is what it would be anyway. Yeah, which is what which it would be anyway. Be. And I'm not criticizing yeah. football clubs for charging fans to get in either. Um, what I'm kind of doing is I'm seeing that listen, yes, we're getting fans back into the stadium, yeah. but they are kind of maximizing their profits from, from I, the fact I that they're going up to the. I personally think this was a huge faux pas by Spurs. I'm just I'm just going back looking at this picture here. I can yeah. see. I think it's Hugo Boss. I can yeah. see Audi. I can see Fun eighty eight bet. I can see Heineken. And I can see Cadbury behind the goal. They could have cut that and left it there, and still put had enough space to put the fans in closer to the pitch and created an atmosphere. The atmosphere was awful. I actually forgot there was fans in the stadium at one stage. Do you know what? I didn't, and I loved it. But 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 but, but I'm gonna put a but. At, at at the start for the first five minutes, and this isn't me having a crack off Spurs fans, and it's not me having a crack off the stadium. I I didn't because there was so few of them in there, and it was a bit echoey. I didn't discern whether it was pumped in noise or not, and that's not me having a crack off them. Like what I will say is, it's great to see fans in there. I thought the FA Cup final was a bit more raucous. The atmosphere was yeah. a bit more. It was a bit more kind of energetic, a lot more estate, and it was both sets of fans. Yes, in there, and yeah. and 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 for this game. Coming up to halftime when you heard the booze, that's when it really kicked in that, yes, there are actually people here. And then the second half, I thought, was a lot more. It was a lot better. The first half, I think people were a bit tentative. They were a bit tepid. Spurs, Spurs going 1-0 up early didn't really help their cause. And you know what? You you couldn't like you couldn't blame them for thinking they were going to run away with it at a canter, considering we had just capitulated against Crystal Palace and we had really nothing to play for. But Aston Villa, Aston Villa came back into the game and we've gone completely off topic. I took us wildly off topic after we That's spoke about Craig, Craig Parson. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. And in, and in fairness, why wouldn't they think they were going to win at a canter when they get decisions like that thrown at them in a game? But, I, I'm, not, yes. I'm not letting them away with that. That was an absolute disgrace. Yeah, sports, that, sports fans stood in front of me since, since that game earlier in the season. Um, as I said, it was my my birthday present that Harry Kane penalty that really oh, fucking yeah. annoyed me. And they yeah. said to me, "Stonewall penalty, Stonewall penalty." Yet they messaged me tonight, Con. I don't know what the big deal is. That was never a penalty. It was. It was a penalty so, by, him, I, by welcome every measure. To, welcome again. to the deluded six. I think they're entitled to get those decisions. Um, and it's up, it's up to the referees and it's up to Sky Sports to change that. I'm right. not going to do it anymore and, because we have a wonderful, wonderful performance. Yeah, yeah, and and you know you'd be blue in the face waiting for you those two to change it. To be honest with you, because mm. until until referees are mic'd up, there's no incentive for either of the two of those to change anything that's going on at the moment. And referees won't ref we the two of us be called the ground before referees are mic'd up. Um, that's a fact. Um, and I'm only 35, and you're only just a bit older than that. Um. <laughs> 36 and a half yeah <laughs> the half is very important uh but anyway let's get on we've got our rant out of the way very early in this podcast i'm not going out more we, positive things we have so much good stuff to talk about exactly There's we've so got tons the, the podcast if you're late if you're just joining the podcast it's only starting now it's only starting now so we move on towards um move on towards the the as i say the business end of what what, what the what the game had to offer for aston villa um you know, probably the best own goal of the season came, and you know, marvelous Nakamba deserves his assist all day, every day of the absolutely. week. Absolutely, for, for this it's the finish of the season. Nakamba crosses a ball into absolutely no one. I haven't a clue where he was passing oh. the ball to. Not a notion who he was crossing the ball into. And, and Reggian was on his own, and he absolutely swings the right boot with it, and that's going to be on a. 
um a question of sport in about five years time as in what happened next um <laughs> it, it was interesting though it was very interesting like like it was complete freak goal like look, look it was just oh, a complete was, slice yeah. but but i i had a tweet written going I think Lloris should do better with that. I had it written and I and I I deleted it because I said, you know what, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want this tweet to come back and bite me because in case Spurs fans, you know, find it and come back at me after they win four one, um, you know. So no, I said, okay. fuck it, I, I, I won't put it up. I won't put it up. And I didn't put it up. And then at halftime, then Jamie or uh, um, was it Jamie Redknapp says, yeah, I think Lloris could do better, and I was like. I, I was the same. I thought he should have saved it. I thought Clarice should have saved it. I think he was more so looking at the ball coming up and going, what in the name of God is this idiot after doing? I think no, that's I think, what happens. He got caught. I think to be fair to him, he, he's uh, he's adjusting his body for to where the ball is going and all of a sudden yeah, it takes this unmerciful true. touch. And let's let's face it if, if it if it was a striker and he meant it, it would be one of the most fantastic touches ever. The pushcast stuff, like wouldn't it? The pushcast <laughs> stuff, but it's uh, like and, and and you know, like that's a, it's a completely unnatural spin on the ball and whatever mm. you know. So the eyes would take t- take time to adjust to it as well when you just don't expect it. You know, there's reactions yeah. and then there's there's like complete freaks and anomalies of physics and that was that was just an anomaly of physics really what happened there but yeah. um he, he didn't play well Reggie on and you know he's a great player he's he's a fine player fine left back and probably will go to the Euros but he definitely will go to the Euros I think, with, with Spain but um he was poor tonight and and he was the, the, the second goal he was kind of caught wanting as well but um that was like that goal came hot in the heels on the penalty decision. Um, I think it was in the first, I can't even remember when in the game it was. When was it? It was uh 20, 20 at minute, it was 12 minutes mm-hmm. after they went 1 0 up, um, probably about f- six or seven minutes after the penalty decision. Um, so it really gave us a foothold in the game at that stage. And, and to, be, to be honest with you, we kind of took the bull by the horns after that, really attacked Spurs. And we said before the game, and we said it in our preview, we really wanted to see coherency between. Um, midfield and the the strike force. Yeah, and from here on in, Jack Grealish really, really, really came into the game. He was he was good in the first opening twenty minutes, but it really came into the game. As did Bertrand Traore. I'm I'm going to not butter everybody's parsnips when I say this, but um, Bertrand Traore, I think, had a real big impact in this game. Did a lot of frustrating things. Okay, completely understand that. Well, Whatever you want to live with the fact that he always will. But you know, but there's, there's not, you can't call him out over the frustrating things and then not say what a huge impact he had on the second goal. Bertrand Traore had nine passes today. Okay, and this is going to be people are going to come back. Oh, well, he should have passed this more, but more. Bertrand Traore had nine passes today. Bertrand Traore had eleven dribbles of the ball. The next nearest person in the whole game that had as many dribbles was Deli Ali with five. Bertrand Traore's successful dribbles, of the 11 dribbles, his successful dribbles, he had nine successful dribbles of those 11. Neil, what, what, what constitutes a dribble? Because I think I must have missed five dribbles there from Deli well, this, this is it. So what I'm saying is that like players are given jobs to do when they go out in the field. And I think, and we said this as well before, and I, I've no reason to, to like I don't know if, if this is what he said, but I can just mm. go on with statistically what happened. Like yeah. you can call people mavericks in the field, but, but a lot of a lot of footballers you, sp- you specifically see it, um, especially in international football, and, and and it stands to reason in club football as well, especially when you're playing away from home. That when you're given a job to do, you do it. And robot and football players are a lot more robotic than we like to think. Now Bertrand Traore um, completely blows that rule apart because he's a complete another maverick. His feet are yeah. fantastic. He's really really good dribbler. 
the ball and he's he's unbelievably close control of the ball he just shoots and makes silly decisions and sometimes takes extra touches but look you, that's yeah. that's probably inherent thing and we, as you said Paddy we've got to learn to to love that about him or look I'm not saying that he starts every single week there are weeks that I'm going to be so frustrated with him I don't want to see yeah. him again for fortnight afterwards and yes I completely understand that people think he needs to be upgraded and I feel that probably himself and Gazi will be upgraded with at least with one winger. I don't think we're going to bring in two new wingers. I think we're going to bring in one winger. That's my caveat out of the way. Bertrand Traore did some unbelievable dribbling with the ball today. He left them in absolute yeah. knots. Absolute knots today. And the fact that he had 11 dribbles and the next nearest person to him in the game had five dribbles. Dean Smith sent him out there to carry that ball, to give our defense breathing space because he knows that he can carry the ball. Jack Grealish could do it the other side as well. And we saw, we saw, we saw what happened. We were able to alleviate pressure, allow Nakamba, allow John McGinn to get back into space, get them back into their defensive formations again. So much so that it allowed McGinn to push forward up the field. It yep. allowed McGinn to chase people around, to get his footing in the middle of the field and chase people in his zone. It allowed Nakamba to stay back a small bit further. I think it was. I think this goes back to um to why. Kanza was played at right back. As I said, he was played there to kind of keep keep the wingers kind of honest. He tucked in an awful lot more and created a back three. It allowed Matty Target to move that small bit forward into, I'm going to call it a kind of an intermediate area and play there an awful lot. I haven't seen any heat maps. This is just what I saw in the game. I could be wrong in what I've yeah. seen. Um, allowed Matty Target to play there. So what that allowed us to do is to have Target Nakamba and McGinn almost playing as three in front of a back three and then allow our boys up front to have a lot more freedom on the ball. And we've been screaming for this, Paddy, as well. We're saying if we don't have a big destroyer to go back there and to just take up space, well, why don't we? how do we get another person into that midfield area? As we said, it's very, very important to have a six and a ten working because John McGinn is going to do the eight. He's going to run all around the place and he's yep. literally killed himself this year. But having a pro having the Campbell play as a proper six and having Jack Grealish to play as a proper ten, we've seen what we haven't seen since Christmas, and it's energy in that midfield. It's it was attacking impetus in that midfield. It was mm. coherency in that midfield. It was it, the ability to be able to 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 win win our our own ball back that bit higher up the field and create the pressure and put put Spurs in the back foot higher up the field. This is what Dean Smith needs, and this is what Dean Smith wants, and this is what Dean Smith expects. Dean Smith hasn't had the, hasn't been able to do that without a proper 10, and if you don't have a proper 10, that your six needs to be really disciplined, and if we're not creating, we haven't had a discipline, a discipline six in Douglas Louise, and this isn't me shitting on Douglas Louise either. It's just you need to have a small bit, change the, change the format a small bit. Now, Jack is back in that 10 role where Ross Barkley was playing fantastically before um, before the, the, the Christmas break. And things just work more. It works. Mm -hmm. It needs to be like clockwork in there. Everybody's a cog in the wheel in there. And I was just delighted. And going back to Bertrand Trory, him being able to carry that ball on that left and that right hand side. Yes, we all pull our hair out. Absolutely pull our hair out. But horses for courses. And Dean Smith got it absolutely bang on tonight we haven't even talked about the second goal yet because we're so giddy about this game because dean smith uh, found the formula that we had before christmas and from you know th this is why i haven't doubted him because you know you need to know how that midfield trio works and it hasn't been able to work because the players that have been in there have been able to do what what, what yeah. was needed in there and that's not okay. to say douglas louise isn't able to do it it's more so the number 10 position so if yeah. the 10 is there the six will will anchor at the back and john mcginn can be john mcginn and what I loved, what I loved about it was um, 
Jack's tendency to go to the left. Yes. So he took the ball to the left and there was just so much room in there for John McGinn. And, and they were all just sucked there. So if he did lose the ball, there was very little recovery to be done. We, it was just Jack that had lost the ball and there was just so much space there. Um, I, I think uh, with a little bit of bit more tinkering, it, it, he'd bring John McGinn into the game a whole lot more. El Ghazi, I, I thought, you know, it was, wasn't one of his best games, but it was what he did off the ball made him, you know, a bit of a hero today. I thought, I thought he put in a shift. I, I thought he was in the right place every time Jack went looking for him. He, he didn't do anything stupid with the ball. He kept it. He kept him under pressure. Even at the end, he, he, he dribbled one towards the corner, which I thought was a very grown-up thing for him to do. Um, you know, this is this is, this has the makings of a special team. And, like, we all know it's not the finished article. 100% it's no. not the finished article. No. And with, with a bit of money in the summer, we, 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 can, we can push on. We can go to sixth or seventh next season. And it's going to be a slow progression. People are expecting miracles, considering it's, what, four years since we nearly went out of business. You know, you can't be expecting mineral, mi- <laughs> You can't be expecting miracles. You need to uh, You need to be a little bit patient. And it, it is kind of frustrating. Like I, I said on the, on the preview, I had to take a bit of a social media de- detox earlier in the week because you're just mi- reading mindless stuff. And you're wondering if people... Have, like not everybody can be on the sauce all day. Do you know what I mean? So some of these people are stone cold sober writing this stuff and you're going, no, you're completely missing that this is a long-term project. And how many times we've spoken about it, you know, it's, it's definitely a long-term project. And even in the preview, I alluded to the fact that if this project isn't where it should be by Christmas, I envisage we'd be looking for a new manager, but that's the time frame. It's not now because we lost, we, we lost how many games without Jack Grealish. You take Harry Kane out of that team, Spurs are useless. They have, they have no hope. Tamar you know, did yeah. for large portions of the game tonight. Took yeah. him out of it. And he he man marked him. Yeah. Him around. He was missing an action. He dropped deep looking for the ball because he knew he was getting no change out of Tyrone Mings. So yeah. there there are big players up there, the same as ours, that when they go missing, the teams don't function. Um so we need to be patient. We we need to we need to enjoy this victory, but we need to be patient. If we go out and lose two or three nil on Sunday, so be it. But we got to remember that this is what we can do. Yeah. Chelsea are a completely different article altogether. But Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to that battle because I I think it's one now. Haven't seen that tonight. I think it'll be a low scoring scoring game. And I'm, I know I'm going off on a tangent now talking about the weekend, but I think it'll be a low scoring game. But I think it'll be a very very good tactical battle. Mm-hmm. Between a defensive-minded team and ourselves, so it'll be it'll be an interesting one. Arguably, we could be considered a defensive-minded team as well. Going on, going by Dean Smith's comments tonight. Well, we're uh, not defensive-minded. We we've got Jack Grealish in the team, and that's no. the, that's the huge thing. And I, 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 you know, I read some absolute bollocks tonight as well about him having ice on his shins. Of course, he's going to have ice on his shins. He played his four sixty minutes in fucking 15 games or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. You know, he missed the tour of the season. Of course he's putting ice on his shins. Yeah. He put ice on his shins the last two games when he played 15 minutes or whatever it was. That's, so, yeah, I suppose relax. that's, that's just precautionary. Yeah, yeah, it's precautionary. Um, We haven't even spoke about the second goal, Paddy. Talk to me about the second goal. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm struggling to remember it. Well, 
I, I alluded to the fact that Bertrand Traore was immense for both. For, for, oh, for I do in, remember it, yes. He made one block, then he made another block. Yes. And, the, and the second block led to an opportunity. Uh, Ollie Watkins gets in behind and, you know, took the goal well. Brilliant goal. Delighted for him. It was a little... Worked hard. You know, I, I think I think the little bit of luck we got there and the little bit of luck we got for the fourth goal, for me, that was karma for what happened with that penalty incident. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes karma bites you on the bollocks, and I think it did mm. the sports today, and that makes me a little bit happier. <laughs> well. A little bit happier. Uh, I'm over the fucking moon, man. I'm, I know I'm, you are. I can yeah. tell. I can yeah. tell. Um, so we, we we came out in the second half. You know, we went in at halftime, and to be honest with you, I thought I thought it was one of those games where half by, halftime might have come too might have come too early for us. We're after going 2-1 up mm. on the 39th minute and then halftime whistle comes and, you know, being an Aston Villa fan, you kind of think, well, that's it now. Backs to the wall for the for the second <laughs> half. We didn't really. We pressed on and we had some mm. really good chances. Ali Watkins probably should have been a bit more selfish and pulled the trigger a couple of times. Bertrand Traore waltzed into the box twice and, and could have pulled the trigger a small bit earlier. Like, mm. if they had the El Ghazi mentality, I think both of them would have scored. You know, taking that sh- that earlier shot as opposed to trying to trying to almost Arsene Wenger walk it into the net. Um, but we we put up some good some good attacks. Spurs put up a couple of good attacks as well. Harry Kane had a couple of good shots. He had one brilliant one shot from from a ridiculous angle that took a, a nick off Tyrone Mings. And go back and watch that save again from from Emmy Martinez. It looks routine at his at his near post. Yeah. The nick it takes off Tyrone Mings just completely bamboozles the ball, and it is a ridiculously good save in my book. And also that other one that comes across the across the box. I can't remember who got their got their foot in it. I thought it was a goal all day long. And next thing Martinez just appears out of somewhere. He's he's jersey blended in with the grass, and I didn't see him. And next thing all I saw was the ball coming back out again. And that's when I tweeted, Emmy Martinez is one of the X Men. Like because it was like as if he just teleported. Oh, across the ball. Yeah. Ah, he's yeah. ridiculously good. He's just so so good. Um, and, and delighted to call him our goalkeeper, but. Some really good, some really good passages of play in that second half, Paddy. As well, you know, we got, we got, we got a lot of the ball, and we, we, we tried to do good things with it, and we were able to tack mm. on both flanks. I think, which is different. Yeah, and you know, I know we talk about statistics a lot. I thought, I thought the statistics today flattered Spores because I, I, it felt to me like we we were in the ascendancy more often and had the ball more often. I know statistics don't lie; <laughs> they had the lion's share of possession. But we certainly, our possession was a lot higher up the pitch than theirs, for sure. Um, you know, I, th- I thought we were immense. I thought, you know, John McKean was just outrageously good. Fantastic. I, I, I think today was probably John McGinn's best Premier League performance. Um, probably since, 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 probably since the opening course. day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the opening day of last season, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just blown away by him. Absolutely blown away. And, it, and it's funny you mentioned just before halftime. Uh, Stephen said to me, he said, uh, halftime is probably coming too soon for us here. Because And I was going, no, actually, we, we need to get in, 2-1 up, settle the boys down, not let them get the head, ahead of themselves, regroup, because uh, in the past we haven't. So get them in there, get 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 the team talk right. And you know what? More of the same didn't work at the weekend, but it worked today. We were much more fluid. We were much more clued into what was happening. Um 
having Jack there, obviously, from minute one is immense. They're not worrying about him trying to get into the game after 60 minutes and try and change everything, which is difficult. It is difficult. If you if you have your main man at your disposal, you want them in there from, from minute go. It has to be the case. And hopefully um, we can see him for 90 minutes at the weekend because it makes a huge difference to what we're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um couple even in the dying embers of the game i think we saw something that we really wanted to see paddy yeah for me you know we we got a bit of luck with the goals but for me what happened at the end of the game would nearly bring a tear to your eye it was absolutely phenomenal to watch we've been crying out for it for so long and then you see the trust of a man yes who who's under i won't say he's under pressure but he's getting a lot of un unnecessary jip, let's call it. From the pe- people are beginning to ask questions. We're yeah. beginning to ask questions. I won't say they were giving him jip, but they were beginning to say, look, is he the right man and stuff? Yeah. And not just, you know, but, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So so the, the support was, was beginning to waver, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, and unnecessarily from my point of view. And the man has showed immense balls to go and bring on two very young, talent, talented players into that team. And show complete trust in them. Absolute complete trust. I must say, at the time, when I saw the the, the substitute being made, I went, oh my God. <laughs> I had a little bit of a wobble myself and I went, uh, I know fans cry out for substitutions, but do we need this substitution right now? Yeah. But it was absolute. It was, you know what? My heart was full of pride. Watching, watching Carney Chukmoeka come on, um, I thought he was absolutely brilliant, and I think, I think if 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 that ball goes six inches the other side of the post and doesn't come off the butt of the post, we're we're talking about one of the highlights of the season here, to, for the, for this young guy to come on, and 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 do that against Spurs, we have an immense talent on our hand. He need he needs the biggest professional contract you can give a boy of his age, and keep him in there because. We have a little well, diamond, and that's that's interesting. You mentioned that Paddy as well because his contract is up for renewal at the end of next season. So he's got mm. one year. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, he's got one year left. We've given Louis Barry a six year contract. Show him you mean business. Show yeah. Carney you mean business. Give him six years. Yeah, if he wants to stay here, and, that and, is you know. And the great thing about what what we're doing is we, we we're giving players contract, and you see the amount of players that have been um, recontracted through this season. So. That necessarily is, you know, it might be a, a year or whatever longer, but what that essentially is is a pay rise. Yeah. So, so the likes of Carney Chukmaweka can look at that and go, okay, I perform, I'm going to be rewarded like these guys. So there, there is precedence there. So for me, it's a no-brainer to stay with a team that has utmost faith in you, that can throw you in there against a team like Spurs. I know I say a team like Spurs. I thought they were absolutely shy tonight compared to their usual. Uh, their you well, anyway, not talking about them anymore. Carney was awesome. I was absolutely delighted for him. And then to see a few minutes later, um, Jacob Philogene Bades come in. It's just it, it's heartwarming. It really is heartwarming. And if people can't see that the future is bright, I'm sorry. You need you need to go into a dark room and turn the light on because there's something wrong. <laughs> I know it is. And, and do you know what? Uh, Philogene Bades is... Um, I've seen him play a couple of times for the for the underage, for the academy side. And sometimes he's great, sometimes he isn't. And 
you know, I remember one day coming back, coming away from watching the game. I think it might have been against, I think it might have been against Leeds. And I was left a bit a bit deflated by him. And then I was kind of thinking to myself afterwards, it goes, well, he did everything right. He just didn't do everything brilliantly. You know, mm-hmm. as in, not, not even that he didn't do everything brilliantly. It's just, just things didn't go his way. He did everything right, didn't make any mistakes. I just yeah. wasn't blown away by him. I was like, well, well he was okay, but, you know, and in, in the middle of the field, was a bit better. You know, Louis Barry was, was probably a bit better on the other side. I was like, like, like why, why, what's, what's the kind of big deal? And what you got to remember as well is, uh, well, no, that's that's an awful phrase that makes me feel like I'm preaching. But what felt uh, what I had said to myself is what I had to remember was, you know, players can he, if he's doing everything right, that's brilliant. If he's not making mistakes, because if he goes up and he plays at a, at a bigger level, other players are going to going to elevate him. Now, that doesn't happen with every player, you know. It certainly doesn't happen with every player. It's yet to be written whether that happens with JP JP uh, JPB as well, but. Um, what I saw tonight was, you know, he got a couple, he got one ball, and the camera kind of focused in on him, and he kind of stood up and he puffed his chest out, and there was, um, I can't remember who it was, it was probably Reggian that was was up against him, kind of puffed his yeah. chest out, and he he had confidence to to kind of stop and look around to see where he was going to pass the ball with a man in his face, and he's only a small boy, like he's a slight mm. kid, you know, yeah. and he passed, he just played a sideways pass or whatever, and I looked at it and I went. This kid isn't going to be one bit faced about senior football at all. He wants to play it, and and you know maybe maybe these players will will elevate his game. So look, mm. I'm all for giving these kids the, giving the kids a game. Charlie Ch- Mareka, um obviously hits the post as we said. If that goes in, the two of us would be in a lot a lot more salubrious state, I think tonight. Um, well, I don't think uh, I would have went to play my my uh, six aside uh, <laughs> after the match because I might have yeah. had to. Uh, open the champagne or something but <laughs> <laughs> it's something we've been waiting for for a while as well you know as for him to get yeah. his chance but um no look it was the icing on the cake for me it was the cherry on top whatever kind of an energy you want to make um it's that that's what it was for me it allowed us to um allowed us to see what we take, take, no, um, take nothing away from the ballsy decision it, it, it that was made to put these guys in there we're not going to see them on sunday because they have an fa cup final on monday um I alluded to it before the Crystal Palace game that I thought that was the day they were going to see uh, a bit of game time, but absolutely delighted for them. I'm sure there's still a smile on their on their young faces since they left that stadium tonight, and it's going to take you know that's a huge thing, a huge show of trust and a huge um, display of faith in 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 a young talent that you know these guys they've got a huge future if they can keep their heads. They can look after themselves. They surround themselves with the right people, and there's no reason why these aren't, aren't going to be training with the with the first team in the in the new season, especially oh, at such, such yeah. a young age. I don't think they have to be included in the 25, should they don't when they're homegrown and they're that age. No, no, don't no. That's the, and that's the beauty of this. Absolutely. You can spend. You can still spend and supplement your squad with these players. Yeah. You know, supplement your squad with with the U players, you know. So, mm. and that's what Aston Villa. I think. Look, that's that's the business model. That's what you need to be able to do. Yeah. That's what. That's that's what you know. United get a free space for Mason Greenwood. You know, they get a free space and they get Mason Greenwood as well. I think you know you can do that. Um, if I'm not right, if I'm right in saying what age is Trent Alexander Arnold? He isn't even twenty three yet. Is he not? Jeez. I don't. I, I I could be wrong in that. I, I yeah. I'd have to look it up, but. Um, you know what I'm saying, anyway, is there was time there when Liverpool had Trent Alexander Arnold playing for their first team, yet they still had a free space yeah. in their squad because he was underage, he was homegrown. 
you know so this is the beauty this is the beauty of of, of being able to grow your own players it mm. means that you can supplement the squad then with experienced players and have a larger playing squad to you know to get through a season that's why we see the likes of the Everton's with the you know bringing through Dominic Calvert-Lewin's Tom Davies um you know all these players that they bring through the Mason Hall gates and all those and getting him into the first team squad they did it with John Stones as well even though he came from I think it was Barnsley he came from previously or he came from some club some club previously but bringing the t- bringing players through the squad getting them in there into the first team at a younger age allows you to supplement the rest of the squad with experience so that you don't get you know, injury crises and stuff like that throughout the course of the season. So if nothing else, that's a very, very big plus point that Villa are able to call upon the likes of Carney Chukwueka and uh, Jaden Philadine Bidace. I'm going to stop you there and I'm going to quote a tweet that was made earlier by our club, which says, Carney Chukwueka, Jason, (laughs) Jaden Philadine Bidace, remember the names. Mm -hmm. And the reply from John McGinn was, that might take a while. <laughs> <laughs> he's a treasure. He's an absolute treasure. He's he's definitely going to be a captain on, on question of sport when he retires. He is, you know, yeah. He's yeah, going yeah. to be a captain. He's going to take over from Matt Dawson or Tufnell um, <laughs> and, and, and a question of sport. And probably the younger viewers are going, what the hell is a question of sport? We'll say he'll be, he'll be, he'll take over from Freddie Flint off in a league of our own. So guys, does it still exist? I think there's question still of sport. I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. It does still exist. Ah, oh, best. I used to love, I used to love watching it. You know, it'd be one of my highlights of the week mm. watching that when it was on, because it's just such a funny show. Um, but anyway, that's aging myself once again. Uh, Paddy, I think it's it's half past 11 at night. Uh, we've spoken for 47 minutes. Absolutely no coherency to this yeah. podcast whatsoever. Just because we're <laughs> giddy because we haven't had a win that we didn't expect like that in quite a while. Mm. Um, even some of the last wins that we've had, wins against Leeds and those, you know, there were one nil wins that were to the wire, whereas this game was a, was a, was a full performance. Everton, yes, we won 2-1. We were giddy after that as well. But, you know, this one was one that we said we came into it with more kind of cautious optimism than expectancy, but we came away from it with three points. I think if you were to offer us three points between between Crystal Palace and Spurs, you know, between those two games, we would have expected it came from Crystal Palace. It wasn't to be. We got it from Spurs, bonus points in my book, but that doesn't excuse the fact that we had um, a dire second half against Crystal Palace, but we bounced back again, which is something I asked for because it was something that we were able to do at the start of the season and, um, we've gotten our seventh highest, uh, or sorry, we're our highest points finish since since zero nine ten. We've gotten our thirteenth highest. We're at, we're already at our thirteenth highest uh, points finish in Premier League history since uh, in the twenty six or twenty seven years that we've been in the Premier League. So that to me is progress. Also, at this period of time, having plus seven goals is our highest goal difference. Or, or the first time we've had a positive goal difference since zero nine ten. And uh, it's our highest goal difference since zero nine ten as well. You know, in the in the in in the Premier League. So look, there's there's a lot there's a lot of things there's a lot of and things. Imagine we could have, we could have very easily topped that off with our youngest ever goal scorer as well. Yeah, with our youngest <laughs> ever goal scorer. Now look, as a couple of people have tweeted me going, I've just jinxed it. Chelsea are going to beat us nine nil again now because I've said about our goal difference, and that may very well happen. No, but if that if that happens, so be it. So we, it is, we, yeah. we look we look back at at this season with great fondness. And if you, if you compare it to last season, um, once again, we took nothing off Man City or Man United. We took, we've already taken a point off Chelsea or two points off Chelsea, whatever way you want mm. to look at it. We've beaten Arsenal twice. We beat Liverpool 7-2. 
We've beaten Spurs. We got that other monkey off our back. And who's the other greedy six? Am I missing one? Yes, Leicester. No, no Leicester Leicester. One. Yeah. So Man United and Man City, obviously, we, we've we've taken nothing for, and that's something to strive for for next season. Liverpool, mm-hmm. we have. Arsenal, we have twice. Chelsea, we've taken a point, and we've got them again on Sunday. And we did it again with Spurs tonight. So this is progress. This is what progress looks like. I'm just after getting a tweet there, Paddy, from Rob Henry. Uh, last two seasons we had in the Premier League prior to this season, we scored 17 points in 15-16, and we scored 35 points in 19-20. And that equals 52 points. What do we have? What do we have this season already? 52, 52. points. There you go. There's your progress, lads. There's yeah. your progress. So and, lay, lay off, lay off the team, lay off the players, lay off the manager. Enjoy this season for what it was, regardless of what happens at the at the weekend. I would have liked this to happen at the weekend as well. I don't know what the possibility of that is, but uh, it'll be a nice way to finish the season. So just 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 bear in mind, regardless of what happens the weekend, what happened tonight was was important, and and it, it's it's just if, if you measure on what we did last year, we, we couldn't we couldn't buy a win until we got that uh, Trezeguet goal against Arsenal in Project mm-hmm. Start. So we couldn't buy a win against a big side. So I've, I've left out the fact as well that we we beat Leicester um, with that Ross Barkley goal. So, you know, there's, there's big teams up there. We've taken scalps and uh, it's just we, we need the upper game against the, the lower teams as well. And that'll come. Just stick with it. But I got another tweet as well to say that this person, I haven't checked up this, this statistic, but this person believes that only three clubs have taken all six points off us this year. City, United and West Ham. Probably, so, yeah. There we go. There we go. Look, once again, more improvements. As I say, we're able to mix yeah. it up with majority of them. But look, as I say, we could sit here and we could go through statistics and everything. At the end of the day, we're going to finish 11th. That's a bit That's a bit better than finishing 18th in the last day of the season. And we've got a transfer window to get our teeth stuck into as the, as the season goes on. Um, Paddy, thanks a million for popping in tonight, as always. No, it's like when I say popping in, that's very disingenuous again. Thanks a million, as always, for coming on and listening to me uh, ask <laughs> half good questions. Nice uh, like this are a pleasure. We should absolutely we cherish them, enjoy them, and hopefully next season when we're when we're back going to matches, Neil, because I've never even been to a match with you. This no. is going to be an experience in itself. So absolutely, we're we're, yeah. we're, going, we're going to get over there and have have some fun weekends, and you know, there's so much fun to come. Paddy. And I really envy those guys that are going to be in there at the weekend because it's such a privilege in such, you know, we talk about the progress. These guys will be able to say, I was at, I was at one of the games. Very few people will, but those 10 people, should, 10,000 people should go and enjoy it and get behind the team and sing throughout. And Paddy, when you do go to a game with me, you will revel in how many pies I will be able to eat. You know, that's it. Look, it's 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 one of the things that you know. Yeah. I don't know. You you might look at me different in the podcast. You might not have as much respect for me uh, on the podcast after you see it. Well, but uh, you know what? I'm not I'm not afraid to have gravy on my face. Put it that way. This this gives a really good uh, balance here because uh, 
Um, my wife always gives out to me for forgetting to feed Stephen because I meet so many people. <laughs> people buy me points and I buy them points and I forget that I have to eat. So that that will be a good addition to the to the day out yeah. <laughs> That's it. And that's great. If Stephen's coming too, that's two more hands to, ha- to carry pies for me. I never said I was going to feed him. He can just carry pies for me. That's it. All right. That's all right. Put a bone in his it's... pocket. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, guys, as we say, um, penultimate game of the season the final game of the season is obviously coming up this sunday we will have a um team sheet tantrum again for that game really looking forward to it i'm going to miss them but the great thing about it is with the off season for um for the premier league is it's only eight or nine short weeks you know to maybe or sorry 10 short weeks uh before the preseason starts again we'll have the euros in between so you know we'll have a lot of soccer a lot of football um, to, to to keep us going but thanks everybody so much for whatever you do for this podcast whether it's just a listening whether it's a subscription on, on youtube just giving us a thumbs up on a youtube video or even just giving us a like and and a share on twitter everything you do just means so much to us like we just we're just doing this for a bit of crack and it's it's you know even that's what it are, is so far telling me i look like lego even if you are telling <laughs> patty you look, it looks like lego yeah 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 that's uh there's a there might be a competition in that Paddy. We might get people to draw in Lego version of Paddy and send it in a send it in. We might get you a prize for it. That's not an official competition just yet. Might be coming down the line. But um, thanks very much as I say to everybody. We came away from uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with a two one win uh, from the NFL Stadium, and uh, we scored more touchdowns than they did tonight. But it's uh, it, it's it's been a good night. Not only did we get a glimpse of the past and the recent past when i say the past i mean the post or the prior prior to christmas asked him for that we also got a glimpse of the future with charlie carney chuck moeka and uh jaden for the for coming on as well and uh, i think that's put everybody in good spirits along with the win so we will be back and we will chat with a preview of the chelsea game we will also have a team sheet tantrum before the chelsea game as well it's a good night for aston villa tonight and it's a good night from us and all that's left to say is up the villa Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.